Hello, I'm Mark Price and welcome to my podcast, Meet the Business Author. Having been the boss of Waitrose for many years and working within the John Lewis Partnership, I became interested in the way that businesses and individuals work, particularly how being happy at work can not only transform an individual's life, but how it can transform an organisation. I'm building a platform at Engaging.Works with the world's biggest business library, where anyone can come and search for information and guidance on their working life. In this series, I'll be speaking with a number of prominent business authors whose books are available to buy on the business library. I'll be speaking to them about their book, what lessons we can take from them, and what they think about the future of working life and business. Welcome to the Meet the Business Author podcast, where I'm delighted to be talking to Michael Sargent. Now, as you know, Mike Sargent uh, was a reporter, a journalist for the BBC, Sky News, Reuters and CNN. And then after a successful time as a journalist and reporter, he moved into PR in 2014 and worked for Headland. Then in 2017, he set up his own communications business and since then has written a very successful business book which we're going to talk about today. So, Mike, what was it that inspired you to get into the world of journalism? Well, I was a student actor, and I always liked the performance side. So I was trying, I suppose, in part to recreate the buzz of being in front of an audience. That's why I wanted to go into broadcasting. But I didn't just want to go into TV or or radio with nothing much to say. I wanted to focus on readings and uh, serious topics and I'd, I'd been studying economics so I was quite drawn into the world of politics and economics and that's why I decided um, not to go and work for a bank or not to go and work for a, an accountancy but to um, join CNN and uh, it was it was a great decision because it led to 18 very very happy years in journalism. And, and what were your highlights throughout that time Mike? Well, I was incredibly lucky to have a very varied career as a journalist. I, I went in as a as a business reporter, uh, but I also covered you know, showbiz. I did elections. I did um, war zones. I did natural disasters. I travelled to twenty five different countries, and I covered some some really big events and interviewed presidents and prime ministers. So, you know, rather than one highlight, it's probably just. Um, a reflection on that extraordinary variety that I was lucky enough to have um, because I went into the BBC and then they bounced me around various different postings and different briefs. So um, it, the breadth really is, is what, I, what I will remember with great fondness. And I know the people listening to this will think, gosh, that is the dream job. I mean, spending those years as a journalist, traveling the world, meeting interesting people. Um, what was it that decided you to move from being a journalist into PR? It was the dream job in some ways, uh, and in other ways it wasn't. It was the dream job in terms of variety, experiences, meeting people, but it was relentlessly negative. You know, news is negative. Death, disaster, destruction, scandal, resignation. It's, it's basically about things going wrong. Um, and I got to the point after 18 years of that where I was quite exhausted by the negativity, exhausted by the rushing around, exhausted by the short-termism and feeling I wasn't really building anything or creating anything longer term. And I had, I had two young kids by that point as well. And so that, that was a factor. I couldn't jump on planes off to the Middle East, the drop of a hat. I needed something a bit more stable. Um, and I also wanted to work on the positive side uh, of life. And that, that's, uh, 
people often say moving from from journalism to communications is going over to the dark side but actually i found that news was the darker realm really and and actually going over to work on positive storytelling was was a move to the light side and it is it is more upbeat uh, than journalism but harder in different ways so you had three years with headland uh, you obviously learned the trade uh, of communication uh, in a PR agency, and then you decided to set up your own business. What, why was that? Well, I had a great experience at Headland, and they're, they're a good agency. Um, I learned a lot, some excellent people, had some great clients. And I did the whole range of things you might expect to do in a PR agency. I did media relations, strategic communications, content creation, financial PR, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I found the bit that I was probably adding the most value around was leadership communications. So working one-to-one -one mostly with senior people who need to get out there and deliver on, on in conferences or on, in the media or webinars or, or, or whatever. And, and that bit of it, I felt, was very much dependent on me and my relationship with uh, an individual speaker or principal and I felt well I could probably do this on my own it's harder to get clients outside of an agency of course but maybe I can partner with agencies and partner with in-house comms people and partner with marketing people and so on and that's that's the way it's proved so um, it was just wanting to do something on my own not wanting to be in an office um, and wanting the flexibility to work with clients that I really liked and so that was that was the motivation. But it's it's been a it's been a hard slog. I think it it is for everyone who sets up uh, independently in business. And where within that did the thought come to you about writing your book, PR for Humans, which has been fantastically successful? Well, thank you very much. And I I suppose the thought came in. in I had lots of meetings in 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 PR agency and with clients and. We're always going through different communication strategies and different sort of clever ways of putting things out there and you know ways to reach our audiences and stakeholder engagement grids and spreadsheets and this and the other and and at one point i think i just said can't we just do pr for humans you know can't we just do communication that works for a human audience delivered by real human beings and isn't that the essence of what we should be doing as storytellers uh, as communicators as people who are trying to cut through and make the complex simple and accessible and fun and enjoyable so so that was that was the genesis of it and I, and I so i started jotting down some ideas and when i set up independently i thought um i must have things that i can pass on to clients i must have stories that are relevant i must have things that i know but until you start writing you don't really know what you know and then so writing the book actually was mainly just for me to get down on paper what i believe in what I think is important in communication, what I think is important in PR, what leaders need to know. Um, and to weave my own stories as a journalist on the other side of the fence into the kind of advice I give to my clients. So that, that, that was the idea. And of course, if you are setting up independently in business, particularly if the business is kind of about you, um, you do need to try to establish yourself as an expert in the field. And, and writing a book, of, of course, is the uh, time-honored way to try to do that. Um, and before we talk about the content of the book and what people can learn from reading it, what about the process of writing it? So how long did it take you? Did, did it feel easy to, to do it? Did you have a publisher pressing you all the time for deadlines? Well, I, my publisher's Alison Jones of Practical Inspiration Publishing. And so I, I, I signed up to her uh, mentorship program, which uh, was a, a six month guided program, really, where she would pass on some of the principles of getting a book together. But also there was a small group of us, I think five of us, and we'd have accountability within the groups. Every Friday we'd check in and you know, set some goals and 
work out what we would do. And, and, and that was a good process for accountability. And I also found that for me personally, I just needed to get the structure of the book absolutely nailed. So I needed to know every single part of it. And then I had a huge chart up on the wall with I think uh, 500 different bits. And then I just had to cross them off, write them. And then I, so I didn't write the book sequentially in the end. I just wrote bits here and bits there and then weaved it together. So actually, once I'd got the idea, once I had the uh, support network, once I had that um, table of contents in my mind, writing was quite quick uh, because it's all just tumbling out of my head. And really, you've got 20, 25 years of, of my experiences that just sort of poured out. And a lot of my frustration as well poured out. And so I found it quite easy. A lot easier than the second. I'm trying to write another book, but it's, um, that, that is harder. And it's harder to get to the same level of clarity as your as your first book probably in terms of structure and what you want to do and so how long did it take you in the end to write the book i think writing was about three months uh so pretty fast but then i i'm a i'm a, I'm a fast writer i think that's one thing you do learn in news is just how to churn out and, and i didn't just write broadcast scripts i wrote quite a lot for the bbc website so you know bashing out 500 words that's pretty much ready to go is is something that i learned during my journalism career and and that made writing the book relatively fast so so i say three months writing but an awful lot of time thinking preparing constructing before i got to that point so if we turn to the book then um uh, in it you say there's no strategy without a story there's no story without a, char a main character the main character is you so talk to us about the book and what people will learn and your philosophy about leadership communication. Well, the philosophy is that all, all stories really are human stories. Um, they're about people. So the problems come when, when organizations usually try to reach their audiences by telling a story that is about an organization or is about a legal construct or is about a process or is even about a product without finding the human connection. As, as, as human audiences, we don't respond very well to that. We want to hear a human being, human being who, who has emotion, who cares about things, um, who has a backstory, who is rooted in, at some point in time. Um, and, and then so I started to think, okay, if it's human communication is the lens that all PR and all communication must be judged through, is it human? Yeah, does the CEO have a heartbeat? Um, do the executives care? Does the audience care? Um, how do you f get that emotional connection between the two? So I started to think, well, okay, what are the what are the main principles behind that? Based on my experience as a coach and as a journalist, and once I had the the principles, then I started to think, okay, well, how do you put that into practice? Um, whether that's in a speech or a video or a media interview or um, a podcast or whatever form of communication it is, because I, I believe the principles are the principles. And the channel you use is, is there are certain sort of tricks and techniques for different channels, but the key thing that's often missing is the principles around human communication, which I, it was interesting. I found very few people in PR talk about this stuff convincingly. Um, I'm not saying I do, but I, I, I'm trying to. And I think that is, um, it, it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult subject for a lot of people in communications who want to put together a grid. They want a really tight strategy. They want it to, you know, KPIs to match with this, that, and the other. And that's all great. But often it's the human bit that goes AWOL. And so I wanted to bring that back in. And so what, what are the common mistakes that you've seen? I think the biggest one is people 
uh, listing things. So they'll think a presentation is a list of things and it's, it's not. Um, they will think that a story is a set of slides or that you know, a presentation is a set of slides. A presentation is you. You know, people say, oh, I'll email you the presentation, but you can't email yourself. And what we look for in, in, in any kind of active communication is who is the person standing on the platform, sitting down in front of the camera? Do we believe them? Do we trust them? Do they care about it? And so I think these things can go missing when uh, you get teams of people in a room all kind of looking at a process or all looking at, you know, all different things that could go wrong, producing Q&A documents that run to you know, 20, 30 pages that someone's expected to memorize before doing a media interview. It's ridiculous. Um, people can only really focus on three things at once. Um, so, so lots and lots of mistakes. The mistakes are usually too much complexity or too much listing without a golden thread, without the clarity of the story, without the discipline of the headline. You know, what, what is the headline? And that's a question in news and it's, it should also be a question in communications. What are you telling people today that you couldn't have told them last week, last month or last year? What's the new thing? And have you come across anybody that you couldn't help that was beyond uh, the help of this book? No, I've, I've frequently come across people who, who struggle. And, and indeed, that's often when I'm called in to do my work. So the, the, the brilliant communicators don't tend to call me. The people who are struggling tend to call me. So then I work with people who are not naturals at this. And I have to have realistic expectations. I can't wave a magic wand and make someone into this extraordinary charismatic media performer who's just smooth as you like. I, but what I can do is help to move them in a good direction, help to strip out some of the complexity, help them to find what they care about, help them to uncover that golden thread that needs to run through their communication help them take the audience somewhere. And so I just challenge them often with very simple questions. You know, why does this matter? Why do you care? Why are you the person to tell us this? What are you actually telling us? And, and what do we take away from it? What are we now going to do as a result of you talking to us today? Um, so so the, the mismatch often is with the audience and their expectations and the speaker. And the speaker wants to dump a lot of information on an audience often, but the audience wants to be led somewhere. Interesting, memorable, magical even. Um, and so I, I work as the bridge and I, and I can improve people, but I cannot transform them into someone else altogether, nor would I even try. And so why would you say people should buy your book? What are they going to learn? I wrote it with kind of two audiences in mind. One, the leaders who I tend to help and the executives who, who can get out there and need to kind of understand about communication. But also I wanted people in, in PR and comms itself to read it. Because I was trying to think, okay, when I left journalism, what's the book I would like to read? And I couldn't find a book that spoke to me, presented it in a way that resonated with my beliefs. So I tried to write that book. I tried to write the book that I wanted, you know, six years ago or whatever. And um, so, so I think anyone who is in, a, in communications, PR, marketing, would get something out of this book. Particularly, I'd like to think, younger people who are just joining the industry who might be completely bamboozled with the sort of seeming complexity of all it all and just want someone with a bit of experience to say actually it's a different way of looking at this all we're doing is is storytelling and communication here are some simple principles and here are some bits of advice you could use today uh, with your clients so so hopefully they'll get something out of it as well great 
And you said you're writing a, a second book now. Is that on the same theme? No. Well, it's yes and no. I mean, I've got, I think, three different books that I'm scribbling away ideas for. Uh, but I, I, I'm struggling to get the, the really clear idea for book two. I would like to write something about leadership communications. I would like to write something that's more about... Um, you know how how to how to live and how to lead. So a bit more into the self help uh, genre, uh, but I, I would also like to write something which is is just even more of a distilled advice book. So so you, so with PR for humans, what I like to think is you can open it almost any page and pull out a, a tip. And I, and I'd like to write a book that's even more like that in the sense that you could you could learn three hundred different things, but you could just dip in as and when you need to, if you've got a speech coming up, if you've got a media interview coming up or whatever. So there's different ideas. And, and um, I, I want to write something that's going to be good for me in terms of stretching me, but also different to what's out there already. And that is the, that is the hard thing to, to find in, in, in business writing, because there are so many books out there on communications and leadership. And to, to do something that's truly distinctive and original uh, is tough, but I, I'm sure I'll get there. And to, to finish, two questions. Uh, one, uh, I think, straightforward. The other one might tax you a little. Um, say the first one, the easy one is, have you read a business book that's inspired you that you would encourage others to read? I um, quite liked a book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. And that, that book is all about just finding one point of focus that unlocks everything else. Uh, so you find the one thing and then everything else in your business and your life fits into place. And whilst a lot of people say that's too, too simplistic, I like the discipline and I like the challenge. And I think certainly in the first phase of my consulting career, this, this idea of the human lens unlocked everything for me. So I want, I want to, I want to keep to that. And that's something I did learn from that book. So that was a good, a good challenge. Um, but you know, a lot, a lot of business books have bits and pieces you get out of them, but not, no book is the complete package for everyone but yeah i do i do read a lot of them and try try to try to learn where i can uh, and my last question is uh, and you haven't rehearsed this you haven't heard uh, uh this question is coming but um if today you were called in to give advice to either boris johnson or president trump what would you say to them about their communication leadership I would say, well, they're, they're very different cases. Um, but I think that the issue is one of how do you repeal beyond the base? And for both Boris Johnson and Trump, they do very well, have done well in the past by appealing to the kind of people who would back them. I think the challenge, and it gets harder and harder as time goes on and the the world becomes more complex and difficult. How do you appeal beyond that? How do you triangulate? And I go back to the, the you know, triangulation, the, the Blairs and the Clintons were experts at, you know, finding out where the audience was and then moving, positioning yourself where you think you can have a big enough impact. Um, Trump doesn't care about that. You know, he positions himself and challenges the audience to follow him, which is, you know, I mean, it's a communication strategy. Both Boris and, and, and Trump have, have done extraordinarily well, purely in terms of communications, in terms of getting an impact. You can't say they're not effective communicators. By God, they are. But will they 
be successful enough in reaching out, reinventing themselves, moderating their instincts. That is the difficulty. And, and I don't work with characters like that. And I probably wouldn't work with characters like that because they're very, very strong, very, very well formed, and they wouldn't listen to advice. And so whatever advice they came up with probably, probably would be ignored. But I, I think it's important in these times we look for leaders who are calm and considerate and moderate. Um, that's what, what the advice I would give them, but it would be um, roundly ignored. Thank you very much for that, Mike. I'm sure people will be intrigued uh, to have heard your insight on, on how you might uh, advise two extraordinary high-profile people of the moment. Um, thank you very much for your time. I encourage everybody to go out and buy PR for humans uh, and think about the human side of PR and how they present themselves. Thank you very much indeed for your time, Mike. Thanks, Mark. Pleasure. Thank you for listening. For more in this series, please go to engaging.works where you can buy the book and browse over 80,000 other business titles. See you again next time.